In a spectacular but expected vote, the Senate has approved former Justice Department lawyer Christopher Wray as the next FBI director. The vote was 92 to 5, a resounding landslide of approval for the successor of former FBI director James Comey, who in May was ousted by President Trump quite publicly. This appointment is making headlines as the decision to fire Comey did lead through a series of events to the appointment of Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller, taking over the FBI's investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Robert Mueller and his team are currently investigating possible ties between Trump campaign aides and Russia. During his confirmation hearing in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Ray pledged, according to NPR, that he would never allow the FBI's work to be driven by anything other than facts, the law, and the impartial pursuit of justice, period. Ray also affirmed that he would be very committed to supporting Director Mueller in the special counsel investigation in whatever way is appropriate for him to do so. Finally, Ray made it very clear to the Senate that his appointment to the position by the Trump administration did not have any kind of loyalty oath applied to it. This was of course controversial with the Trump-Comey relationship. For more on the FBI and the ongoing investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. A proposed reform to the Senate would get rid of direct election of senators and bring back the corruption and stagnation of the political gilded age. That is according to Seth Maskett, a political scientist at the University of Denver. After Republican senators failed last week to pass any form of repeal and replacement of Obamacare, former presidential candidate and Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee called for the repeal of the 17th Amendment in the United States Constitution. The 17th Amendment, of course, created popular elections for senators. Previously, senators were elected to our federal Senate through the state legislatures. While this call has been made publicly and has always been sort of a mid tier priority of the Tea Party, it's not entirely clear what problems in government would be solved by turning the election of senators back over to state legislatures instead of keeping them as direct elections in the states. Why did we even push for the direct election of senators in the first place? Well, if you look at the progressive era, you probably are also going to see a lot of talk about party bosses and wealthy conglomerates that were able to buy off a few dozen state legislatures, and from those buy-offs, those individuals would essentially be able to pick the Senate candidate. This seems like corruption and favoritism to me. However, the logic went that it would be much harder for party bosses and corporations to buy off thousands or even millions of voters in direct elections. Within the state legislatures themselves, picking senators could also become a polarizing activity that paralyzed other legislative activity. So the 17th Amendment contributes to the direct election of senators. 
the public likes it because it gives them more power over who their representatives are. Legislatures themselves like it because it takes a testy political issue off of their plate. What's not to like? Not really sure why it's even on the chopping block in some circles. You're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. As President Donald Trump has been hazy and at times thoughtless about what he wants his legislative agenda to be and what to prioritize on. However, on the campaign trail, Trump definitely knew what he wanted. He wanted to curtail immigration to the United States, legal and illegal. Well, the president is currently meeting with two Republican senators who are pushing legislation to do just that, curtail legal immigration into the United States. The Cotton Purdue legislation, as it's being called, would at the current time cut by one half the number of legal immigrants accepted into the United States each year. The White House has commented on this bill saying that the current immigration system is outdated and doesn't meet the diverse needs of our nation's economy. The bill will aim at creating a skill-based immigration system that will make America more competitive, raise wages for American workers, and create jobs. In the United States' past, we have tried creating skill-based immigration systems. However, we ended up settling on family-based ones. For more on Republican and White House legislative priorities, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. With all of the debate and controversy over healthcare in the United States right now, it may be interesting to learn that the public continues to hold their healthcare providers in relatively high regard. According to a Pew Research survey conducted in 2016, just 23% of patients said they felt rushed by their healthcare provider, and even fewer, about 15%, said they felt confused about the instructions they got for treatment or at-home care. Nine out of ten Americans reported that after seeing their health care provider, they said that their concerns and about their diseases or their symptoms were carefully listened to, and 85% say that they felt that their provider really cared about their own health and well-being. Now, this isn't 100% surprising. While some individuals may think of as insurance providers, uh, you know, think of them like their big corporations, there are plenty of big corporations that people could go into. So what kind of people would be going into the one where you are trying to help people's health and well-being? Well, probably pretty decent people that do care about one's health and well-being. That may be what some of these reports are finding. Now, this public support is in contrast with what public health care providers themselves are reporting. They're reporting things like professional burnout and uh, physicians uh, falling to long work hours and excessive administrative burdens. Pediatricians particularly say they find it harder to do their jobs as they confront a growing number of parents who are hesitant to vaccinate their children, although this is still a large minority of the population. Remember, vaccinating your children is highly important. The only evidence to ever suggest that it may lead to diseases like autism are widely discredited, although they are shared a lot. For more about the news stories that you should share with your friends, neighbors, and loved ones, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro.
Just moments ago, Donald Trump signed a bill that a few of us were probably skeptical of whether or not he would sign. Here I am talking about President Trump signing Russian sanctions, a bill that was disproportionately agreed upon by both members of the House and the Senate, and also a lot of members of Trump's White House and executive team. Trump himself has really been the dark horse, the wild card, as to whether he would sign sanctions against Russia as punishment for meddling in the 2016 presidential election, a consensus that has been come to by lawmakers and our United States intelligence agencies at large. President Trump has been in hot water over potential meddling by Russians in the 2016 presidential election. His son Donald Trump Jr. met with a Russian lawyer in in the summer of 2016, and according to a recent Washington Post article, Donald Trump himself had a hand in crafting the misleading statement about the meeting. Donald Trump has also been scrutinized for his decision to fire FBI, former FBI Director James Comey, who was in charge of the investigation until it was taken over by Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller. In response to these sanctions, Russia has retaliated, stating that they will throw United States officials out of Russian embassies and other important locations in the country. For more on international relations and, I guess, having it explained, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. According to the poll aggregation website 538.com, President Donald Trump currently has a 37.6 approval rating and a 56.9 disapproval rating. However, this must be taken in context. As a public figure who is mostly public via the Twitter app, where trolls and angry individuals run rampant, 37.6 approval is pretty darn good. You're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro.